Chapter 13 The stairs groaned. We sounded like stampeding elephants to me. My heart stopped. I couldn't breathe. We all froze and glanced back out toward the hall. Had Lou heard us? Was he coming after us? There was no light from the end of the hall. The only light came from the bedroom lamp I had forgotten to switch off. No sign of Lou. No one moving among the shadows. Below us, the back of the house lay in darkness. We continued our trek down the noisy stairs. I don't think any of us took a breath. I know I didn't. I didn't breathe until I reached the back hall at the bottom of the stairs. But I knew we weren't out of the woods yet. We still had to get our coats from the front alcove, sneak back into the kitchen, steal out to the barn, and make our getaway in the jeep without Lou stopping us. It seemed almost impossible. Hopeless. Just take it one step at a time, Ariel, I told myself. One step at a time. When you're in a total panic, you don't care if your advice to yourself is a cliché or not. We didn't say a word to one another. Our eyes did all the talking for us. We kept looking at one another, as if we had found a new silent way to communicate. Silently, we crept through the narrow back passageway into the front hall, and then into the living room. I could see only blackness out the big window. Across the room, the fire had burned down to a pile of crackling purple embers. The desk lamp on the phone table, the only light in the room, cast a yellow cone onto the white shag rug. Holding my breath, I tiptoed to the phone and picked up the receiver. Please, please be fixed. If we could just call the police, we wouldn't have to go through with this. No, no dial tone, just loud crackling. With a dispirited sigh, I replaced the receiver and followed my three friends across the room to the coat alcove. Maybe we should just slip out the front door, Shannon whispered, pulling on her down jacket. Our coats were still damp from our snowball fight that morning, damp and cold. Then we won't have to double back across the living room. Okay, Red said, patting her shoulder. He pulled his wool cap down over his head. Of course, that means we'll have to walk all around the house in the snow. No problem, Doug said, heading to the front door as he zipped up his coat. The sooner we get outside, the better. We all agreed. Somehow, I felt that getting out of the house was 90% of the battle. I pulled on my mittens, also damp still, and followed them to the front door, glancing nervously up to the balcony. Nothing moved up there, no sign of Lou. Reg grabbed the front doorknob and started to open the door. Then he stopped and turned back into the room. The gun rack, he said, looking over to it in the corner near the fireplace. What about it? Doug whispered. The guns are loaded, right? Red whispered. We might as well take one, just in case Lou does come after us. Take a gun? I whispered. The thought made a cold chill run down my back. We wouldn't use it, Red said. Chances are, we won't need it at all, but I really want to get away from here. Me too, Doug said enthusiastically. That's a great idea, Red. I'll go get one. He started across the room, walking almost normally, the pain in his knee having eased. But I hurried after him and grabbed the shoulder of his coat. No, I whispered, we don't need it. Red's right, Doug insisted, pulling away from me. We won't use it, but why take chances? Lou is crazy. You saw what he did to my leg. He hurried eagerly to the gun rack, opened the glass door, and pulled the revolver down. I stood in the middle of the floor watching him, filled with a growing feeling of dread. I hated guns. I hated being in the same room with guns. I hated seeing Doug walking toward me with that loaded revolver in his gloved hand, and I hated the look on his face. The look that said, this is cool, this is exciting. Okay, Red whispered to Doug, glancing up at the still silent balcony. 
Hold on to it till I get the jeep started up. Then I'll take it from you. No problem, Doug said, examining the barrel. I've handled a gun before. I could tell he wasn't as confident as he pretended to be. I think we all could. But what difference did it make? We were all about to escape. A few more seconds and we'd be out the door. And still no Lou. Maybe we can do it, I thought. Maybe we can actually pull this off. And won't Lou be surprised when he comes out of his room in the morning and finds us all gone. And him stranded here without his jeep, his dreadful plans ruined. Come on, quick, Red whispered. He pulled open the front door and we stepped out into the night. Chapter 14 The shock of the sudden cold made me gasp. The temperature must have dropped 20 degrees since our snowball fight. The winds had stopped. Everything seemed frozen, still. Even my breath froze in front of me as I followed the others around to the side of the house, my eyes slowly adjusting to the shifting shades of gray. The top of the snow had hardened, and our boots crunched through it as we walked, breaking the surface with each step. Walking as quickly and silently as we could over the frozen snow, we made our way to the back of the house and headed across the yard to the barn. My cheeks were stinging from the cold, and my eyes were watering. I felt as if I were seeing everything through a distorted glass, a distorted dark glass. I remembered that I had a flashlight in my pack, but I quickly decided it wouldn't be a good idea to use it. Lou might look out from his bedroom window and see it. None of us said a word. It was as if our voices had been frozen too. We walked in a straight line toward the barn. I found it easier to walk in Doug's deep footprints. We were only a few yards from the barn when I turned around and looked back to the house. A yellowish light shone from one of the upstairs bedrooms. The shade was drawn. I couldn't tell if it was Lou's room or not. Shivering, I turned back toward the barn. Doug and Red were struggling with the door. Doug had set the revolver down on the snow and was tugging hard on the large metal latch. Red was trying to pry the door open with his gloved hands. It's frozen stock, Doug whispered. We can get it, Red whispered back. We have to get it. Keep trying. A raw wind came up suddenly, swirling at us from the direction of the house. It seemed to be blowing against us, keeping the barn door shut. They pulled again, straining with all their strength. The door swung open a few inches and then stopped. Doug let go of the latch, and both boys wrapped their hands on the edge of the wooden door and pulled. It moved. A little more. A little more. Then it stuck again. Doug frantically kicked the frozen snow out of the way. Then they tugged some more, leaning so far back as they pulled, it looked as if they might topple onto their backs into the snow. Finally, it was open wide enough to drive the jeep through. Both boys were breathing hard, their breath frozen, gray mists against the solid black sky. Come on, hurry! Doug picked up the revolver, and the four of us stepped into the dark barn. We heard creatures scampering as we entered, probably mice. The inside of the barn was even darker than the backyard, but we didn't dare turn on the overhead light. Let's get to the jeep, Red whispered. It was so dark in there I could barely make it out at the other end of the barn. We took a couple of steps across the frozen dirt floor when the powerful wind slammed the door shut behind us. Oh! I let out a startled cry. All four of us spun around, terrified. The wind howled. No one there. Just the wind, Shannon said, sounding very relieved. We stared at the door. We pushed it open again until it stuck in the hard, frozen snow. My heart was pounding. I felt cold all over. I don't think I ever knew what chill to the bone meant until that moment. Maybe we should turn on the light, Shannon whispered. No need, Red said, leading the way through the dark barn. I have the keys in my hand. 
I can start the jeep in the dark. Behind us, the wind blew hard against the open barn door. I stepped up close to Doug, close enough to see that even he looked scared. We were just about in the center of the barn, our boots crunching loudly on the hard ground. Something fluttered above our heads. A bat? I whispered to Doug. It isn't a butterfly, he cracked. Come on, let's pile into the jeep and bomb out of here, I cried, straining to see what was fluttering above us. When I moved my eyes back down, I saw a figure looming just in front of us. A man was standing against the post, staring at us. It's Lou, Shannon screamed, her terrified voice echoing off the high rafters. He's got a gun, Red cried. Chapter 15 Everything seems to disappear. The barn, the jeep, the cold, even the darkness. All that existed was Lou, standing in front of us, blocking our path, staring at us, a dark metal object in his hand. The loud explosion at my side made me jump, but I didn't realize at first what it was. It didn't sound like a gunshot. Not like the gunshots on TV. It was much louder. It had so many echoes. I stood, staring at the dark figure, staring at Lou, and it took the longest time for me to realize that the loud explosion had been a gunshot, and then I saw Lou drop to the ground. He didn't make a sound, just collapsed, toppling back, hitting the ground so hard he bounced, and then he lay still. And then I slowly, slowly realized that Doug had shot him. It all took so long to filter into my brain, as if I were in slow motion and I didn't even realize I was screaming, screaming at the top of my lungs, until Shannon stepped over and put her arm around me. I, I shot him, I think I heard Doug say. I'm not really sure. I shot Lou. Red. Hey, Red. But Red wasn't there. The fluorescent light on the rafter above us flickered on. The light seemed almost purple for some reason, then brightened to a bluish gray. I turned around. Red stood by the light switch beside the open door. Red, I shot Lou, Doug called to him, the revolver still in his hand. I didn't mean to. I... Shannon was still holding on to me. I was grateful she was there. I suddenly felt so dizzy, as if the sudden light had thrown me off balance. Or was it the gunshot? I could still hear it echoing in the rafters. Red came hurrying over, his breath a frozen cloud in front of him. It just went off, Doug said, staring at the gun in his hand. I didn't think I squeezed the trigger, but I guess I did. Red ran past him to kneel over the unmoving body on the floor. Lou, he started, then his voice choked. Doug, Shannon, and I stepped forward, huddling together behind Red, staring down at Lou. Except that it wasn't Lou. It was another man, someone we'd never seen before. Red pulled off his glove and held his hand up to the man's nostrils, then pressed his fingers against the man's throat. He's dead. Red said. Chapter 16 The man lay stiff, his eyes staring up at the rafters, arms straight at his sides, a small pistol on the ground beside his right hand. He was wearing a thin blue wool coat, no hat or gloves. He had a narrow face and a thick tuft of curly black hair. He looked to be in his late thirties, maybe early forties. He's dead. You killed him. Red turned his head to look up at Doug. Doug's mouth dropped open in horror, in shock. He stared wide-eyed at the revolver in his hand, as if he had no idea how it had gotten there, or even what it was. His mouth formed the word no, but no sound came out. Red pulled open the man's coat. 
We can see the hole in the shirt and coat made by the bullet and a smaller round tear in the chest and a small dribble of blood. Who is he? Shannon cried, averting her eyes, her voice tight and high-pitched. How can he be dead? I didn't even mean to shoot, Doug said. It was an accident, I said, putting a hand on Doug's shoulder, trying to soothe him. Behind us, the wind made the barn door creak and scrape against the hard snow. I shuddered. Was this really happening? Were we really in this freezing, creepy barn with a dead stranger on the floor? Had Doug really killed a man, a man none of us had ever seen before? Then suddenly, I realized I had seen him before. He, he's the man, I stammered, shivering hard to get the words out. What? Red asked, still bent over the body, checking for any sign of life. Don't you recognize him? I cried. He's the man in the photographs. Huh? What photographs? Doug asked, his eyes still wild with fright with disbelief. The photographs that were jammed into the dresser drawer. The man and a woman. He's the man. Ariel's right, Red said grimly, climbing to his feet. He pulled off his red ski hat. He was sweating despite the cold. This is the guy, all right. We've got to call the police, Doug said, finally lowering the gun. It dropped out of his hand and bounced onto the hard ground. I don't think he even noticed. We all looked like ghosts under the pale fluorescent light. Our skin looked so pale, so ghostly blue. As if we were all dead, I thought. What a thought. We've got to call the police, Doug repeated. The wind blew the barn door shut again. It slammed noisily, startling us all. Everyone jumped except for the stranger on the floor. Maybe the phone is fixed, Red said softly, staring down at the body. Go back in the house? Shannon cried, horrified by the idea. We have no choice, Doug said, his voice a choked whisper. But the jeep, Shannon started to plead. I killed a man. We can't run away, Doug said. Shannon wrapped her arms around Doug. He really looked as if we were about to collapse or freak out or something. We heard footsteps behind us, crunching through the frozen snow, then a scraping sound as someone pushed open the barn door. Lou, Red cried out, warily taking a few steps away from the corpse toward the jeep. Thought I heard a gunshot, Lou said, his dark eyes narrowed, staring at us suspiciously. What are you jokers doing out here in? He stopped in mid-sentence when he saw the body on the floor. Hey, he cried staring at the corpse, blinking, as if he didn't believe what he was seeing. He ran over to the body and dropped to his knees beside it. Jake, he cried. Hey, he yelled, staring at me for some reason, his face bright red. What have you done to Ava's brother? Chapter 17 I, I shot him, Doug said, his eyes fixed on the revolver at his feet. He's dead, Lou said, examining the body, feeling for a pulse in the man's neck. Jake's dead. I don't believe this. He searched the corpse's coat pockets and pulled out a blue ski mask. So, Jake was the guy you saw looking in the window, he said bitterly, holding up the ski mask so we could all see clearly. Lou's eyes watered over. His face was still bright red. He climbed slowly to his feet, shaking his head. That's my gun. You killed Jake with my gun? Lou lunged at Doug. Doug took a step back. For a second... It looked as if Lou was going to strangle him. Now, wait, Doug cried, holding up his hands as if to shield himself. Don't touch anything, Lou said. We have to wait for the police. He looked down at his dead brother-in-law. Jake, he said, his voice catching in his throat. He swayed unsteadily. I could see that he hadn't sobered up from all the beers he had drunk. Even a grim sight like this couldn't steady him. He stared angrily at Doug. Jake was probably coming to help rescue us from this storm. 
I didn't know, Doug said. I, I didn't mean to shoot. It just went off. Lou stared at him, scratching his beard with a gloved hand. Then he looked accusingly at Red. Whose idea was it to steal my gun? What are you suckers doing out here anyway? You stealing my car, too? Is that the idea? You fixed my car and didn't tell me. Then you take my gun and my car and leave me and Ava trapped here with a corpse? Now, wait a minute, Lou, Red started. But Lou raised his hand to shut Red up. Put a rag in it, carrot head, he said menacingly. I can take you. Easy. Red quickly looked away, trying to avoid a fight. I can't believe I let you murderers into my house, Lou cried, cursing and kicking at the wooden post Jake had been leaning against. We're not murderers. This was an accident, I said, hoping that maybe we could calm Lou down before he went berserk or something. Sneaking out in the middle of the night to steal my jeep was an accident, Lou screamed, turning his rage on me. We have to call the police, I said. On what phone? Lou snapped. Then we have to go to the police, I said. No way, Lou growled. No way we could make it tonight. The roads have to be sheer ice covered with snow. We'd all end up dead in a ditch somewhere. He looked down sadly at Ava's brother, Jake. I'm really sorry, Doug said quietly. I didn't mean to pull the trigger. I didn't even know I had pulled it. We'll go to the police first thing in the morning, Lou said, ignoring Doug. Get back in the house. Now. All of you. Please. It was an accident, I cried. He was making me so frightened. He looked so angry. Lou glared at me. Red, he said. Give me a hand with Jake. We'll bring him into the house. Down to the cellar. Then I've got to tell Ava her brother is dead. Red looked sick, but he grasped Jake's body under the shoulders. Lou grabbed the ankles. They started to carry it from the barn, struggling under the weight. Jake wasn't very big, but all corpses are heavy, I had read. Doug. Give us a hand, Red called from the barn doorway. But Doug didn't even hear him. He stood staring at the floor, at the spot where Jake had fallen. Finally, Shannon took Doug's arm and led him to the house. I turned off the light and shoved the barn door shut behind me, and, lowering my head against the powerful wind, pressed forward across the dark yard to the kitchen door. The sprawling house rose in front of me like a prison. We had come so close to getting away. Just a few more yards, and we would have been safely inside the jeep. Just a few more minutes, and we would have been out on the road, on our way to the nearest town, to help, to a phone, on our way home. But now, who knew what would happen now? Doug had shot a total stranger. Lou had caught us sneaking out, about to steal his only vehicle. If only we could reach the police tonight, I thought, trying to shiver off the cold as I stepped into the warm kitchen. What's he going to do with us? Shannon asked, gripping the arm of my coat. I don't know, I said quietly. Uh, I'm so scared. I feel like we'll never get home. Shannon started to tremble. Come on, I said, guiding her gently. We'll go up to my room. The cellar door was open, and we could hear Lou and Red downstairs, struggling with Jake's body. Lou was screaming and cursing. I'm frightened too, I said. We just have to keep out of Lou's way until we can tell our story to the police. What will they do to me? Doug asked, his face red from the cold. It was an accident, Doug, I told him. You didn't deliberately kill Jake. It was a terrible accident. The police will understand. They will. He looked at me hopefully. Of course, I said. I didn't really know how the police would react to our story, but I didn't see any reason to get Doug any more upset. We left our boots by the kitchen door, and carrying our coats, walked up the back stairs to my room. 
Here we are again, I said, heaving my coat onto the floor in the corner and gloomily flopping down on the bed. Doug and Shannon sat down on the rug in front of the radiator, which hissed and spit as it heated the room. We didn't say anything. What was there to say? Doug rested his arms on his knees, leaned forward, and buried his head. He didn't look up until Red came into the room, his features strong, his expression frightened. Red reached down and put a hand on Doug's shoulder. Hey, listen, man, you're not in this alone, you know. Doug didn't respond. Red sat down on the edge of the bed near my feet. This is all my fault, Red said. Come on, Red, I started. No, it's true, he insisted. I'm the one who told Doug to get the gun, and I'm going to tell the police that. We share the blame. Doug never would have pulled the trigger if I... His voice trailed off. His lower lip trembled. Red struggled to keep control. What was that guy Jake doing in the barn? Shannon asked so loudly it startled us. She was trembling all over. I wrapped the quilt around her. Good question, Red said thoughtfully. I mean, if he was the guy in the blue ski mask, why didn't he just come into the house? Why did he poke around outside and then hang out for hours in the barn? And how did he get here if the roads were all closed? More good questions. None of us had any answers. And why was he carrying a gun? Doug asked, raking a hand nervously through his curly black hair. Maybe we scared him, Red said, after thinking about it a while. Maybe he thought we were thieves or something. Which we were, Doug said glumly. Lou is the only thief here, Red insisted. I'm going to tell the police tomorrow. I'm going to tell them that I overheard him plotting with Ava. Where is Ava? I asked. In her room, Red replied. Lou went to tell her about her brother. I heard her crying as I passed their room. Doug uttered a loud cry of anger, of frustration. It was an accident, really. I didn't mean to pull the trigger. Shannon moved over and tried to comfort Doug. I turned to Red. Those were good questions Shannon was just asking, I said. I mean, why was Jake in that dark, freezing cold barn with the door shut, and how did he get here? Red shrugged. Other questions started to come to my mind. The whole scene in the barn had happened so quickly. It had been so dark, and then the shot was fired, and we were all so horrified by what had happened, and then the corpse was being carried away, and none of us had had a second to think about it clearly, to question what we had done, what we had been through. What are you thinking about, Ariel? Red asked softly. I want to go look at Jake, I said. Huh? His expression turned to surprise. You want to go downstairs and look at a dead body? Why? Ariel wants to be a doctor, Shannon told him. Dead bodies don't gross her out like they do normal people. She had her arm around Doug's shoulder. She pressed her face against his, holding him tight, trying to comfort him. It all happened so quickly, I said. So? Well, I just want to look at it, Red. I mean, why was there so little blood? Blood? There was a little bit of blood, Doug said sadly. But it was just a trickle, I said. Hey, you're right, Shannon agreed. Maybe it was because it was so cold, Red said. I mean, maybe his blood froze or something. I don't know. Maybe, I said seriously. Anyway, I'd like to examine the body. Where did you leave it? Don't go down there, Red said, grabbing my arm. Please, it'll only upset you. We have to try to keep it together till the police come. I started to argue with him, but Lou poked his head in the door. Well, you all look nice and cozy in here, he said bitterly. Don't anybody move till morning. I'll be right down the hall, and I'll be listening. He pulled the door shut. Soon after, we tried to sleep a bit, the four of us in our clothes, sprawled about the room. I lay on the bed, wide awake, thinking about the corpse, 
thinking about the gunshot, about the blood. I had so many questions. I slept a little, but the questions kept waking me up. I knew what I had to do. I had to go see the body. I looked at my watch. It was a little after 6 a.m. Silently, I pulled on my sneakers. I stopped at the bedroom door and listened in the darkness to make sure no one else was up. Two lamps were on in the living room, but, peering over the balcony railing, I could see that the room wasn't occupied. In the hall, I had heard Lou and Ava talking in their room. Outside, the wind continued to howl. I heard the barn door slam shut. I guess I hadn't closed it very well. The coast was clear. I took a deep breath. Then I crept down the dark stairs and headed for the cellar.